Hey mamas, welcome to Breastfeeding Relief with Bethany. We share incredible stories, tips, and breastfeeding ideas to help on your journey. I'm your host, Bethany Laverne, a lactation consultant and speech therapist who helps mamas with breastfeeding. Not all breastfeeding stories are the same, and we dive into those topics. Welcome, Heather. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? Good. We are so excited to have Heather on today. She's Braveheart Sleep Consulting. So Heather, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and why you decided to start your business? Yeah. Well, I am a mom of three boys and they are all a little older now. My oldest one is 10, nine and almost seven. And so I've had the babies and I've had the no sleep and Mm. Sleep is better than no sleep. Um, so I um, I learned about the no sleep thing with my oldest son when nursing was just mm. horrible. Um, sleep was horrible. And, you know, as we started kind of figuring him out, we did some sleep training. We, mm-hmm. we picked up feeding issues and it just made a huge difference in, in how happy he was and just kind of the flow of our family. So um, I kind of started from the beginning with baby number two and three. And it um, I just really got a passion for just learning more about the science of sleep, um, all the research and um, how to uh, get babies sleeping better so that families can actually get that rest that they need. So important for their mental health. Yes. So, um, so I started as a sleep consultant about three and a half years ago. And then Um, just started my own company though, my own business in January of last year. So about a year and a half or so. Um, and I like having my own business. I liked working with it, with the team, but I also like having my own business and, um, kind of getting to think outside the box with, uh, how to provide services to families. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. So all of our mamas, well, maybe not all of our mamas, but most of us are breastfeeding mamas. So we're up in the middle of the night. We don't have help. And so I feel like there's a lot of misconception on nursing and sleep training. So can you dive into that a little bit for us? Yes. So a lot of parents think, a lot of moms think that if they're nursing, they can't sleep train. Mm -hmm. Part of that um, misconception is, you know, how much a baby might get um, when nursing compared to maybe bottle feeding. Mm-hmm. So the baby naturally up a lot more over overnight. Um, another one is that, sorry, they're, they're nervous about their supply mm-hmm. um, decreasing. But really when you look at what sleep training actually is, which is just teaching your baby or toddler, you know, child, how to fall asleep independently without mm-hmm. any support, that's really separated from how the baby feeds um, with um, it's, it's, it's different than night weaning or um, sleeping through the night. That's mm-hmm. just a natural thing that comes as the baby learns how to fall asleep on his own. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a baby who doesn't take a lot of ounces in feed, and, you know, you never really know how much a, a breastfed baby is, is eating, but um, you'll know, you know, you, maybe you follow like an eat, play, sleep routine. The mm-hmm. baby's got good full feeding, feed going on. And then, you know, a certain number of minutes, 
or hours, the baby starts to get really fussy. And you know, you know what? I bet my baby's tired. That's probably not a hungry tot cry. It's probably Mm a tight cry. So you can be pretty confident in laying that baby down and then following a sleep training method to to teach the baby how to fall asleep on their Mm -hmm. own. That Mm -hmm. way it it has nothing to do with um, hunger or denying that baby food. Even in the middle of the night, you can still feed the baby. Um, There are certain ways I teach parents how to feed a baby in order to make sure they don't really have that feed sleep association that really then kind of snowballs into uh, poor sleep. So Mm -hmm. um, I'd say maybe half, probably leaning more towards over half of the clients I work with are nursing moms because it's just a really it's a it's a sleep association that's really strong and um and so a lot of parents are just so exhausted since mom is the only one that can feed baby Mm -hmm. um they just have to work they just have to do something for their mental health they reach that breaking Mm -hmm. point so um first you know first myth of it not um you know, not, not uh, feeding a hungry baby or baby's not getting enough to eat mm-hmm. isn't really an issue since we're more talking about falling asleep, which changes the course of the night in itself. Mm-hmm. But then also, um, you know, working on your supply, we just make sure that you empty your breasts um, a certain mm-hmm. amount of time ever is right for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe adding a couple extra pumps, maybe adding a couple extra feeds during the day, um, sneaking it in while still keeping that babe wide awake. And uh, I find that parents, you know, nursing parent moms have no problem keeping up their wonderful supply and getting the sleep they need. That's awesome. Yeah, I know we did that with our boys and it is such a blessing to be able to lay them down and they can just put themselves to sleep without like, now don't get me wrong. There are nights when we have crying and we have tears and we want one more book, right? But it's so nice. Um, I remember before we had kids, we used to go over to a friend's house And I was always shocked that they would be like, now it's time to put Tucker to bed. And then it would be like an hour before mom came out. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what takes you so long? Like, I know I'm not a mom, but I don't remember bedtime being an hour. And we've already done like bath, book, snack, milk. And she was like, oh, well, I got to lay there with him until he falls asleep every night. And I'm like, I just, I didn't want that for myself. So Um, I find when a baby knows how to fall asleep on on their own and they have that good sleep um sleep sleep uh habits mm-hmm. then parents or moms really love nursing and it now becomes an issue you know, it now becomes just this this thing they get to do mm-hmm. and they get have that bonding time rather than it just sucking the whole life out of them mm-hmm. um all hours of the night and, and it's so it, it whenever things have a a certain rhythm and flow let's say the flow to the day of of nursing um rather than being pretty cha- uh, erratic chaotic then you know nursing that can actually really help with um your nursing relationship mm-hmm. and an extended nursing and so, you know, when you're not stuck in the room all, at all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. So lots of people know on this podcast that 
my son specifically had a tongue tie. Um, that's my platform. And so he had it revised when he was four days old, but he still had a posterior tongue tie because it was not revised correctly. Um, and so that still leads to a lot of sleep problems. And a lot of posterior tongue ties are not caught until they're older, till they see the dentist the first time, until we start having speech problems. Um, and so with me personally, just so everyone knows, my child, again, he would fall asleep fine. We would do a feed, but every night he would be up from two to four wide awake and he wouldn't be upset. He would be like in his bed. Um, but what I was told was he was never hitting his rim cycle. Um, so can you maybe talk about some of our babies that are having sleep issues because they have tongue tie issues? Yeah. Um, there's two reasons that I really feel like the tongue tie affects sleep. Um, the first being obviously, you know, the more, you know, the harder it is to nurse, it's harder to nurse with tongue ties, mm -hmm. um, may not get those full feedings, which means, you know, awake more often with hunger. Um, it can cause the gas and the reflux, mm -hmm. silent reflux. So then you're having some pain issues with, um, that gets mixed in with sleep. So that's kind of the first thing it's, it's find is that the pain reflux gas you know feeding issues causing sleep issues mm -hmm. but the other thing I find really interesting is that when a baby has a tongue tie that is um the tongue is not laying in the right place in the mm -hmm. mouth it causes a baby to mouth breathe mm -hmm. um and mouth breathing you don't uh, you have a lot of disruptions. You, you wake up more often. You don't go through the full sleep cycles. Um, things can be just really erratic with your sleep cycles. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot of times, um, sleep apnea can happen, like even with toddlers, mm -hmm. toddlers with a tongue tie, then you end up adults ending up with apnea with an undiagnosed tongue tie. So, um, it definitely can be a really good thing to get that addressed, even if you don't have feeding issues, because as you know, speech issues, mm -hmm. um, solid food, I, I know solid food issues, that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And then this issue with where the, where the um, tongue sits in the mouth or that baby or toddler is sleeping. Mm -hmm. um, at times like you, like your baby, it could have been, you know, when the baby the baby's sleep sleep cycles disrupted and you know he's not upset but there are multiple wakings in the night that can cause him to be extra tired or just like hang out and chill and now he has to build up sleep pressure as we say to fall back asleep mm -hmm. in the middle of the night um mm -hmm. and you know that can be you know multiple disruptions can really lead to you know just a a host of issues and you know during the daytime even so uh, I would say if anyone if any parent is concerned about a tongue tie reach out to an approved tongue tie provider mm -hmm. on online I'm sure you have the resources hopefully mm -hmm. yes um, <laughs> of, um, pediatricians I don't think are usually on that list but an ENT no. or a dentist mm -hmm. um, can really help with uh, that you know, I, I think it was my third baby. Um, I got evaluated and, and they said, oh, she's got a, he's got a slight tongue tie. Mm -hmm. And 
I sure do wish I would have gotten it fixed because I think there's good. Now, as a child, I've seen a lot of issues that I feel each and feeding that I feel could possibly be um, tied to that um, feeding aversion even throughout, yes. you know, infancy. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that you got it fixed, but I'm sad that it, you know, it wasn't still wasn't mm-hmm. fixed correctly. Right. And so specifically with that, um, so it helped our nursing journey, right? So we were able to continue our nursing journey, but then eating was hard when we started solids and I wanted to try that baby led weaning because my sister-in-law did it and she was very successful. And I was like, I can't get my kid to eat this and not vomit and gag. Um, and I just felt like I was doing something wrong, but at holidays I'd be like, okay, show me how you set up your child's tray. Okay. Now let's do the same for mine. And then like mine would be vomiting and hers would be doing a great job. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm a speech therapist. I specialize in feeding like, yeah. Um, well, yeah, 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 tongue is with the speech therapy, Mm -hmm. where the tongue is makes Mm -hmm. a huge difference. And when it's not resting in the right spot, or if it can't get to the right spot in the Mm -hmm. mouth, yeah. Um, yeah. That's huge. Cause even, I don't even think some people realize that like when your tongue sits correctly, right. Your lips should be closed. Your teeth should be apart. And we say your tongue should be on the spot, which is the alveolar ridge, which is right behind your teeth. And you should be breathing through your nose. And your tongue is also, especially for little kids, a great palate expander. And so instead of needing it palate, expanders. It should be our tongue that's expanding it for us, but because we're sitting with our mouth open and we're mouth breathing, we're needing all of this extra orthodontic care. Um, and then speaking of, you said, go see an ENT or a dentist. I do want to speak into the dentist is great, but make sure you're seeing a pediatric dentist that specializes in tongue tie. Um, that's also, most of them are also airway dentists too. Um, so if you just show up to any dentist, they might be like, ah, cause I had a friend go into one the other day and they were like, ah, it's like a 50, 50 shot. I'm like, ah, it's not a 50, 50 shot. That means they don't believe in it. Like, please go get a second opinion. Um, it's, I would not say it's 50, 50 shot at all from all the clients I've worked with and my own experience. Right. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And so let's go back to my son's journey. So we've had it revised again and it's been six months. And I remember the ENT specifically said, now watch, he's going to have a huge growth spurt. And I was like, okay. And he's like, no, he's going to hit REM sleep. That child in three months went through two shoe sizes and up a whole pant size. And I was like, oh, he wasn't kidding. And he's almost caught his brother who's 16 and a half months older. Wow. That Mm -hmm. is awesome. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just crazy how much we need sleep and then especially how much little kids need sleep and how much they're really growing in the middle of the night when they're hitting that room sleep. Yep. Yeah. So for our new mamas that um, are just learning about sleep, um, why don't we talk about the optimal room um, for best sleep practices? Yeah. So um, the most ideal sleep environment for a newborn is uh, room sharing would be best. Mm-hmm. So if you, 
uh, brand new baby, if you put that bassinet, pack and play, maybe a mini crib right next to the bed, um, that's going to be your best option. And as that baby gets a little bit older, maybe a few, a couple of months old, maybe eight weeks or so, starting to, you know, get it a little bit farther out from the parent um, because newborns are noisy. Uh, they are noisy <laughs> sleepers. So it's going to mess up your sleep, even though the baby does not have any, you know, needs. Um, the grunting, you know, in active sleep, they're grunting, they're kicking, they're crying out briefly, you know, so a little bit of separation after a month or two, hmm. but still in the baby's room. Um, for the first six weeks or so, you can have the up in the living room, nap on you, you know, the environment isn't like a huge deal. And you'll be able to tell that all of a sudden a baby who will, who's like completely passed out, born, um, all nap is now waking up a little early from nap and it's hmm. probably in the sounds around them. So it's about six weeks old. Uh, we need to start guiding their circadian rhythm. So um, pitch black in the bedroom with a sound machine on mm-hmm. works best. And then uh, during the day, during awake time, then you get some light going on so that their circadian rhythm can start developing. This is when I'm awake. This is when I need to be asleep. Awesome. So why don't you share, I ask all of our mamas this, um, what was your favorite breastfeeding product you used? So my favorite was the, my breast friend pillow. Yes. Um, (laughs) 10 years ago, and I have no idea if they have come up with something better, but you know, I didn't, the boppy was okay, but I really liked that flat, um, firm surface. Mm -hmm. I was able to, um, like to support them in the right position better. We didn't have too long of a nursing journey. It was about three months. And I think he had an undiagnosed tongue tie. That was, <laughs> I think, that was a huge deal. But um, we were using a nipple shield, which mm-hmm. actually nipple shield for him was also my favorite. Um, but with my second baby using the My Breast Friend, if you can imagine nursing and standing up trying to um, – run chase after a 16 month old trying mm-hmm. to get him off the table um, that climbed up on so having that solid that firm surface on the pillow really helped me um actually move around when I needed to um and and so it, it supported the baby obviously my hand was under it but um sure. it, it just I I had trouble kind of doing that without the pillow so mm-hmm. um that was my favorite. Awesome. Now, why don't you go ahead and let all the mamas know how they can connect with you and work with you? Yeah. So you might want to check out my website, braveheartconsulting.net. You'll find some blog posts that I've written that might have some helpful information for you. Um, Just probably questions you've had yourself about your baby's sleep. Um, And you can also use that contact form to um, reach out to me to talk about this one-on-one um, uh, support that I offer. So we go through the sleep training process together, making sure we have all the pieces of the, of the puzzle in place so that you don't have um, backtrack and, you know, wonder if you're doing the right thing. You know, we're really looking at your baby as a whole and um, developing something that's going to work for your family and your baby. Um, I also have a Facebook group. It is, oh dear. Brave heart sleep training. 
I think it's on my website. The, 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 the link is on my website, but, um, I can answer questions. You just drop your question in the group. Um, a lot of my former clients are there, so you'll probably get some pretty knowledgeable answers if it's not from me. Um, but you'll, you can get your questions answered. If it's just this one-off kind of question, sometimes the answer is, oh, I know this is so hard, but we've got a sleep train, but sometimes the answer can be, you know, let's just change up. And so, um, that's a really helpful tool for many many parents is to just ask your questions there as well. So hopefully I'll be able to get to know some of your clients and my clients often are, or some of my clients are looking for lactation support. So um, I'm so happy to have found you as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Heather, so much for your time. I know you're going to help a lot of our mamas with sleep and also their sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right. Well, you have a good day. All right. Thanks, dear. I appreciate you. Bye. Best of luck with the house building. (laughs) Um, This should drop in September and then I will email you. I make socials for you. I make reels for you. And if you could share those, I'd super appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'd love all the information that I don't know if I have your info or not, but if you could send me all your information, if you have a website, services that have groups, (laughs) got some super anxious moms um oh, especially yeah. especially when it comes to nursing mm-hmm. uh, or do you, i'm not toddler um do you do starting solids like I don't like on one support for that i had a, i had a mom looking for like a consultant for that okay yeah i don't it just um i don't want to branch like too far that like nursing and salads and you know what I mean? Like, so anyways, I'm trying to stay out of the solid realm right now and try to really yeah. like hone in and like develop like a good, you know, package. Mm-hmm. And, um, do you have a lot of working moms that also pump? Um, I'm starting to see more um, that pump. I don't call myself a pumping expert because I don't want to say like, this is the best pump for you. So I usually refer them to pump with purpose, but I'm more than happy to help them. Like you have your pump. This is what going back to work looks like. I'm actually working on like a new training right now that moms can um, like download quickly on like, Hey, I'm going back to work. This is what it should look like. And here's some handout and stuff to go with that. Exactly. Cause I usually like with my newborn clients, I'll mm-hmm. work with them until 12 weeks. And a lot of it, parents are. By, you know, when do I pump? I, you know, we, we talk about feeding in the. Uh, looking at sleep, but we do the feeding schedule, not a schedule, you know, more like a routine and a flow. Sure. But uh, when it's like, it's, you know, I don't have a whole lot of resource. I, I didn't work outside of the home. I did sure. pump for seven months, but so I can, I can tell them a little bit, but mm-hmm. I want to make sure that they are successful, like keeping up yeah. their supply, you know, yeah. and I need an expert to guide them. So. Oh, awesome. Okay. Like you. Great. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm still trying to work on that. I've been creating like some of my documents right now on like, 
here would be like your ideal schedule for when you're going back to work, you know, six, eight or 12 weeks. Um, and then I'm also working on like how to like power pump, how to keep like what snacks to go back to work, how to keep a log, like all those kind of things. That would be so great for my okay. clients. Too. Good, good. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm working on it. It's not done, but I will, um, I'll let you know. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Heather. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another mama or post on social media and tag me. I want to personally thank you for wanting to help other mamas. You got this. I'm rooting for your breastfeeding journey.